Welcome, everybody, to Barrel Proof 277. I am your host, Glenn Grum. We have a great show lined up for you tonight. We're going to go over the USL playoffs. We're going to touch on the NWSL championship match happening Saturday at Lynn. And we're also going to run down the USA-Mexico match on that was uh, Friday night with a very special guest. But first, I got to introduce our cast of characters for tonight. Joining us as always on the ones and twos, the man who makes the thing happen, Patrick Arkenberg. Hello, hello. We have the president of the Coopers, Mr. Herman Quinn. Hello, hello, hello. And let <laughs> me start out by saying Louisville freaking city. <laughs> and we have a very special guest uh, joining us from Davis, Vegas, one Mr. Brian Davis. <laughs> it's been a while. Thanks for having me on, guys. Welcome to the program. I mean, we needed an expert after Friday night watching that match. I mean, whew, that was a good one, I thought. I mean, but I, 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 I'm not an expert. I mean, I watch all the games I can, but I know that you have the inside scoop. You're at every game, so you know what, what's happening. Well, I mean, I'm not at every game. Let's be crystal clear. <laughs> it's been very difficult to go out of the country this year. But... I like to think I know a little bit about uh, about the games. It's been nice, you know. Um, qualifying three of the games have been within driving distance, so the U.S. has played four home qualifiers: Columbus, Nashville. Uh, I had to fly to Austin; that was terrible. And then no, uh, but uh, <laughs> then a uh, the little little jaunt up to Cincinnati this weekend. So they've really um, they've really helped me out with the uh, qualifying. I really appreciate what U.S. Soccer has done. And just so we're clear, they didn't clear any of it with me ahead of time. Are you sure? Yeah, I, well, they didn't ask, so they may have checked with my wife, and she just didn't tell me. <laughs> so what, I mean, first of all, can we get your review of the stadium up there in Cincinnati? What would you think of the place? So, um, man, it's nice. You know, I've been really lucky. Like we were just saying, I've been to uh, four new stadiums. So I, I've been at Allegiant, which is the, the football stadium in Las Vegas, which is obviously amazing. Um, then I've been to Austin twice with their new stadium, uh, which I like quite a bit. And then I was at Columbus's new stadium, uh, which was also very nice. And then finally, you know, TQL up in Cincinnati on Friday. Um, you know, I can't put my finger on it, but I think my favorite is Columbus right now. Uh, but they're all three very nice stadiums. Very well done. Um, I think it's Columbus was a little easier access to alcohol. So, you know, that's, if you know me, that's like an important factor. I was going to say, that's, to all of us, that's very important. Yeah, so. well, I appreciate it. Don't make me sound like the only alcoholic on the show. So, <laughs> uh, I appreciate that. Now, uh, yeah, that's it, you know, and they each have their own feel. And they, you know, uh, I thought Austin's has this really, like, industrial feel. Um, Columbus, a little hard to put my finger on it, but it's, it's real, uh, it's, it, it's, 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 it's just kind of cool, and it's uh, like a darker kind of feel to it for whatever reason. Um, and I like the entryway. I, I like the way they do things there at the Columbus. And then, of course, Cincinnati on the outside feels very much like uh, Allianz Stadium in Munich, where Bayern Munich plays. Um, and inside, it's, you know, it's done really well. They, they've really done a great job. And, uh, you know, I, and luckily, uh, the U.S. men's national team is now tied with FCC Cincinnati, for most wins in that stadium. Uh, and Cincinnati had a slight head start, as you might have, or might not know. 
I was going to say, isn't that just one, though? That's not a difficult uh, tie to be in, right? Yeah, they're actually tied in second place because I believe first place is Inter-Miami, who has won there twice. Uh, (laughs) this this, This is a true story. Cincinnati has won once. The men's national team has won once. And the women's national team has won. And the women's so, team almost scored just as many goals in their one game as Cincinnati did all. I times, haven't seen right? the goal differential. I just, you know, Pretty close. that's that's what happens when you make it to Everest, right? You uh, <laughs> you are tied with wins after, you know, you win the wooden spoon three years in a row. But, you know, we're not here to piss on FC Cincinnati. The, uh, the people in Cincinnati were really good hosts. Um, uh, the American Outlaws in Cincinnati did a great job. Uh, they're good people. Um but yeah, you know, the stadium itself is nice, and you know, like all these stadiums are now, they're they're all put in um, not so much uh, Austin, uh, but they're all in s- districts with bars and restaurants and things to do around. So you don't get that. You know, if you've ever been out to Kansas City, there's stadiums out in the middle of nowhere. There's a couple of restaurants, but it's not like a district. It's it's not what Louisville City is going to end up building around Lynn, um, and and Cincinnati's does that. You know, it is around. There are quite a few options, and I think you know. There, I think that's a really nice uh, feel to have a lot of things in that particular area. So we should probably get to the match. It was a really important match, right? In the U.S., fighting for the top of the table, basically, right? Like, yeah. I mean, it, you know, it's always a big deal. Uh, anytime USA Mexico play, it, it's always a big deal as it should be. These are the two uh, best teams in Concacaf. Um, you know, this one has more important probably than any of the other ones. I've never seen tickets like this. Uh, tickets are very hard to come by. Uh, it's one of the most expensive tickets I've ever purchased, especially for a qualifier. Uh, the secondary market was going nuts with tickets. Um, and, you know, there's a couple of reasons for that. One is, you know, like you said, uh, it's, it's, it's in the middle part of qualifying. So it means a lot, right? There's, there's um, you know, everybody needs points right now. Nobody's qualified. Nobody's safe yet. So that's a big deal. Um, it's obviously, you know, in Ohio with the, the great history of Dos Aceros. Uh, and then the other thing to keep in mind is, you know, there won't be a qualifier like this ever again. Um, if you're not aware, you know, the U.S., you may have heard the U.S. is hosting the World Cup in 2026. So the U.S. will probably not have to go through any qualifying for the after uh, the Qatar uh, or Qatar, however you're going to pronounce it, uh, World Cup. And then after that, the World Cup is going to go to 48 teams. And if you go to 48 teams, CONCACAF will probably have six teams. Uh, the danger of not qualifying kind of goes away at that point because you've got to figure USA and Mexico, you know, it took a freak of nature for us not to make it last time around. Um, the statistics on it are, are pretty unbelievable, but we did make it, right? It, it happened. Uh, the, you know, if six teams are in instead of three and a half, it's it's almost impossible to imagine a situation like that. So these games aren't going to mean as much anymore, which is is sad uh, in its own. So I think that combined with the fact of where it was played and and you know and the an incredible summer that we had beating them in Denver uh, for the Nations League title, uh, the most important uh, uh, title in world soccer. Uh, just so you know, uh, and then the. Um, you know, and then winning the Gold Cup. And then, you know, they rolled out an 18, you know, obviously they rolled out an 18. So there's just a lot of drama, a lot of fun to this. Uh, and I think it's, you know, so it was it was highly anticipated as it should have been. Do you think this is the best lineup we've started so far in qualifying? Um, I think, you know, I think if you're going to roll out your best 11 players, 
you know, I think I think Dest has to be in that conversation. Okay. Uh, you know, Dest was injured. Um, you know, Christian Kilsick's got to start. He's a, he's a starter. Our best eleven. Um, you know, now there's a conversation with Reina. You know, Reina's been injured for a minute. Is he better than Brendan Aronson? And I, I am uh, Aronson. I'm not sure that he is. But now all of a sudden there's there's depth. Uh, but if you take uh, the center back pairing, uh, I'm inclined to think Miles Robinson and and um, Walker Zimmerman are the center backs. Uh, I think a- Anthony. Robinson on the left is is easily the starter there. Uh, I think the central midfield of Musa, McKinney, and Adams all they do different things and they all mesh really well together with what they do. Uh, and then I think Pe- you know Ricardo Pepe is easily the uh, the number one uh, forward. So, but you know you've got competition in some of the other positions. And um, I was worried about Dest not being there. He played one of his best games he's ever played was against Mexico. Uh, but you know those guys they were great the other night. It was amazing. So you're close to our best lineup, but I'm not sure that that's our best. Uh, they played very well together. I mean, and Pulisic did make it into the match. He didn't start, but he did make it in the match, and he had a, a, an effect on the match as well. Yeah, you know, I'll, I'll be honest. I haven't wa- rewatched the match yet. So, you know, I had my seats right behind the goal. I didn't, you know, it's, it's hard to get a feel for it, uh, especially in the second half where the whole game was played on Mexico's defensive end, which was unfortunately the other end of the stadium. Um, and it's really hard to keep an eye on that because unlike unlike Lynn, when you're a supporter at these games, you're I'm at you're basically at field level. Uh, so it's really hard to see what's going on. Um, I thought you know my first impression was you know right off the kickoff we were pressing Mexico uh, on their own on their own end line, uh, and I've never seen anybody do that. So it wasn't just one guy; it was a full team up up on them press, and they really got after him in the first half. Uh, I think we had some sloppy turnovers. I think we probably final ball wasn't great, uh, but I've had a lot of people tell me that the second half was the best half of soccer the U.S. has ever played against Mexico. Uh, and Mexico hardly had the ball, you know, and, and, and that's unheard of. Nobody presses Mexico in CONCACAF. Nobody, you know, even in world soccer, they have some of the best possession game, and they were completely taken back and put on their heels and on their heels the entire game. Yeah, I thought we looked very good. I mean, I was very impressed with the team. Um, I thought we played probably one of the best matches I've seen so far. I think there's still good stuff to come, though, it feels like, right? Because if you don't think this is the best lineup, I mean, we could get better than where we are. Yeah, but, you know, you're going to see rotation. So you're going to, you know, the Jamaica game, this is the only window that's a typical window. We have two games. You know, normally, and you see a little bit of rotation, but you don't have to, he doesn't have to rotate much from two, uh, from a Friday to a Tuesday, you don't have to rotate much. But, you know, starting in the, the, at the end of January, the games are going to go back to Thursday. Was it Thursday, Sunday, Tuesday? Is that right? Something like that. Um, Thursday, Tuesday, Wednesday, whatever it is. Uh, and, and there's not enough rest, and you've got travel in between each game. So you're going to start to see squad rotation. Um, and with where we are with point-wise, you know, there's, the home games are kind of must-win right now. We win the home games, we win out. Or, you know, we qualify for the World Cup. It's kind of that simple now. Um, so, you know, you're going to see, you're going to see blips like the, like the Panama game where you, he throws out a B squad uh, and they just don't play well together. And the, you know, the idea is to get a point. So those are going to happen. Don't lose your shit. Excuse my language. You know, I would love to cuss Patrick. Um, don't lose your shit. It's going to be fine. Um, just, you know, understand, you know, there's never been qualifying like this either. We've ne- no one's ever, no one plays three weeks in a, three games in a week. Mm-mm. That's, that's, yeah. that's, 
that's borderline irresponsible. When you take into fact these guys are coming from Europe, going to the U.S., down to Central America, and then back, it's, you know, they have to rotate these squads. So I, I expect bigger squads than 25 players, if we're being honest. Right. Hmm. So what are you, so speaking of that and, and playing in three games in a week, what do you think about the new platform that they're trying to go to where they want to do the World Cup every two years instead of every four? Okay. I think that's more of a suicide mission if you ask me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you know, when that would happen, 48 teams are going to qualify. So a big chunk of the world is going to qualify. Um, I, I, I will I will probably get crucified by some people when I say this. I'm not 100% against it. I'm also not 100% for it. So anybody yell at me, right? Um, I think... Um, I think, you know, I think there's a value to, you know, when players play, when it's at once every four years, you know, a guy gets injured in his prime and that's it. We never get to see a great player in their prime. And I think that's, I think soccer is less for that, if that makes sense. Right. Um, And I think um, it's, you know, every two years is better for the sport in general, as far as the smaller nations. Um, And that's important. Right. I think uh, I'm, I'm always been a big fan of, you know, the rising tide lifts all boats. Um, but, you know, every four years, 32 teams, I mean, it was almost perfect, right? It was almost like this perfect thing where now, you know, there's a real concern of player burnout um, because in those off years, you're still going to have the Euros. You're going to have Copa America. You're going to have Gold Cup. And so, you know, can players play a full club season and then, on those off years when they've got to get some rest sooner or later, are they able to get enough rest when you've got to turn around and go play in high intensity tournament? Can, you know, can your body do that? Um, right. NFL players do it all the time, but they get an off season, right? Right. There's not a whole, you know, is a month off enough for these kind of athletes? If you got a month off once a year, is that enough for these guys? I'm not sure that it is. Um, but from a fan's perspective, especially for somebody that likes to travel like I do, I think it's kind of cool, right? Uh, I, you know, and I'm just talking about selfishly, right? But now every two years, instead of me going, oh, well, shit, I didn't get to go to Russia. Now I went to eight years in between a World Cup. And, you know, Russia, I was ready to go. And so now you're going to go to Qatar, and then you're going to come back to the U.S. And then after that, every two years, and I'm going to, okay, now I'm going to go here and I get to see cool places and do different stuff. Uh, that's one of my passions when I, that's gotten me in, you know, with the excuse of going to soccer games, of course. Um, so I think that's really neat. But I'm, I, I, there are real concerns that, need to be addressed. I'll put it that way. Do you think it helps to develop more players? Because you're going to need to have a larger squad, right? So you're going to have to put more time into developing more players and have a deeper squad. Yeah, you know, it's... So, with CONCACAF... With CONCACAF... And, you know, these aren't well-formed opinions. I haven't really had this conversation before, but I like it. So, with, you know... And what I mean by that is that, you know, with CONCACAF, for example, you know, they added the Nations League to help the lower teams... That was the point. So the Nations League, and if you don't know the Nations League, it's a inter-league tournament that goes on throughout the course of a couple of years, and then they play tournament, and then they play game, and you know we won the inaugural one. So, um, but what happens? They play these home away games, and the idea is that uh, you know smaller countries get it. You know, the U.S. is never going to play the small countries unless Concacaf makes them in a competition. So instead of them only getting to play the big kids at the Gold Cup, which is going to be held in the United States or Mexico, maybe maybe Canada, but it's always held in the United States as long as I can remember. 
instead of players have those guys having to go there, U.S. has to go home and away with you know St. Kitts, uh, just as an example. And so that's good for St. Kitts, right? That's a good thing for St. Kitts. It also gives the U.S. time to bleed more players, like you're talking about. But the U.S. also isn't going to get as many opportunities to play the big boys, right? To go over to Europe and play two games, uh, you know, we, we to play those games. And I, I worry about that as much because I don't think a I don't think an away game at St. Kitts, for example, is going to have as much value as going to Wembley and playing England, even if it's a friendly. Um, so you know, Concacaf's done some things to get more games for the minnows, and all this is is again rising. You know, rising tide raises all boats. Um, but I I do worry a bit. But you know, it's I think it's going to help with the U.S. roster. But how that pans out, I don't know. But you know, adding five, you, know, you get five subs now, which is great. I hope that rule sticks around forever. Um, but you know, there's there's some worry there. But the uh, U.S. is in a great position to handle it because we have a huge amount of youngsters coming in that are. We're just scratching the surface of this of this generation of players. Right. My thing is um, that I worry about the most is though is how is it going to affect the club level. Because I think if these guys are playing all these international matches, it's going to burn them out. So the club level is going to be lacking a lot of that extra potential that it should have. Um, I, I don't. I don't see that. You know, I understand where you're coming from, but you know, international soccer has been taking a little bit of a backseat. Uh, and I think soccer players, and when we say soccer players, I'm talking about the top players in the world. Okay, no, no, no disrespect to our Louisville City squad. But the guys that play at the big clubs play a ton of games. Those squads play a ton of games. The U.S. plays more international games than, you know, almost, I think I did this math once, played something like double the amount of international games that England did over a four-year window once um, because of the amount of things. So I think I, I, I get what you're saying, but, you know, there's also those opportunities to bring in more younger players and things like that. But, I'm more worried about the two, not just the club. I'm more worried about the two combining together and having burnout. And you know, and, and burnout leads to injuries. You know, the NBA played um, the NBA season last year was real pronounced. It was a real congested season. Players didn't get a lot of rest. And uh, along those lines, more All Stars missed games in the NBA postseason last year than any other postseason in NBA history. Mm-hmm. So when you play these games, it's a, you know, it mounts soccer's hard. It mounts up time and time and time and travel hurts. Right. So the U S guys have to come from, you know, they got to come from Italy. They got to come from Germany. They got to land in the U S and they got to go play down in Mexico. They got to go play in Costa Rica and they got, then they got to go back again. So that in that stress is, is makes it more likely to get injured, not less. So I, that's what I'm more concerned about is, is player injury, player fatigue. Is it going to create a push for the U.S. to try and get on this, a similar schedule to Europe so the players are playing similar schedules together? So that, like, instead of us having, like, a summer season versus a winter season, it'd be easier if all the players were on the same schedule, right, and you had all the same international breaks? Yeah, you know, no, you're, you're right. Um, but, you know, and there's some proponents of that. Uh, they take a backseat to the pro-rel proponents, so... They're not the uh, they're not the crazy vocal people, but there's a lot of people that think the U.S. Um, uh, uh, when um, is a big proponent, I remember listening to him a lot, and he would always talk about that. Uh, I do. I think the U.S. would be better suited 
if we were on the same schedule as Mexico and everybody else from uh, international and from a club soccer standpoint, I do. Do I think U.S. Do I think uh, the sport would be better off as a whole if we were on that schedule? I absolutely do not. I mean, think about this. It's it's it's. I don't know how cold it is here right now, but it's damn cold, right? Is this really is this really better for Louisville's or Louisville City attendance to have games now than they are having games in May and June? Now, July and August get hot, right? You get the sun in your face, and you got to deal with that stuff. But where are people going to go to more games? You know, and and during the cold, and you're also fighting football, right? Yeah. We're getting 9,300 people to the stadium on a playoff game, which is huge, but it's also going up the same time as, as University of Kentucky and University of Louisville, and now basketball starts. Um, so not only are you competing for eyeballs, you're also competing with where's my warmest seat going to be. Right. And I just don't think it's realistic in most of the United States to expect fans to go out to games, and uh, especially if it's a Tuesday night against, you know, I I, I don't know who was really bad this year. You know, Sporting uh, Kansas City. <laughs> what, what was that? Sporting Kansas City. Oh yeah. So, can you, is it fair to expect fans to come out on a Tuesday or Thursday night uh, in thirty degree weather to sit around and watch Sporting Kansas City's two team, right. not their one team, their two team <laughs> play against Louisville City? And in, in, in thirty degree weather, is that something that is a club? Is that something the club wants, or would you rather them come out on a Tuesday night at the end of May when it's pleasant out? Everybody's got light jackets. You're just coming out of the winter. Um, I'll take option B, please. Right. L- Listen, I can always put more clothes on. I don't think I can take enough off in the summertime to be cool. And I don't well, think you, you guys want me to take off enough yeah. enough to be cool in the summer. So I've seen you track, Lance. There's, <laughs> there's a there's a there's a point where you loot your uh, there's a there's a point where the returns don't benefit anymore. Right. So there is a point where we're gonna have to say that's enough and keep your shirt on. But you know <laughs> I, I was lucky enough so um so get back to Louisville City. I, I got, you know, I got, I, I have one of the ledge tables for the racing games, uh, and they're great. They're fantastic. I love them. We got them. As, I wanted them for for Louisville City, but obviously I wasn't living in town, and I didn't want to drop that kind of dime on seats. I wasn't going to use any of them last year. Um, but they're great seats, but they're right in the sun, and it was, you know, for the the women's cup, it was almost unbearable at times to sit in those seats. You know, the women's cup was what? It was 90 degrees in the sun, mid-afternoon. It was brutal. And candidly, and you guys are on the Coopers, you know what happened to your section at different points during the summer. Yeah. Right? Yep. Yep. So, but I still think, I still think that's a better option than having, having, um, you know, trying to play games in 30 degree weather. It's, you're not going to get the same kind, you're not going to get the same kind of crowds. Right, because people are going to be like, okay, well, the University of Louisville was playing over here in the Yum Center the same night, the same time, inside. Uh, I'm going to go over there and sit inside. Or, or listen, man, you know, TVs are a big deal. I can sit at home. I, you can get a, you can get a, a freaking 55-inch flat-screen TV for, what, $600 now? Yep. You know, cheaper, cheaper than tickets. So, I mean, what are you going to do? You're going to watch a great presentation on your TV with ESPN calling the game, or I'm going to go freeze my ass off because, you know, and so I think it's an, I think it's a no brainer. And a lot of the countries like that. I just, you know, I love the idea of playing on the same schedule. Uh, that was the original question. I just think for a solid 50% of the United States, it's not realistic. 
And at our level, it's definitely not. MLS, it's questionable, but our level, it's definitely not realistic. No, that's, that's we're going to play all the games in Florida. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, we're, we're just going to have to move to Tampa. I don't think they're going to fly us down there every single weekend for a whole year. I mean, right. you know, we get Brad's, you know, Brad's private plane, but it's not going to fit all of us. <laughs> so you just got to be really friendly with friendly with Brad, right? You just got to make good friends with Brad, get on a private plane, you'll be good to go. Friends of Brad, I'll get tattoos. Yeah. <laughs> so what do you getting back to the U.S. team uh, coming off that victory with Mexico? What do you, how do you feel about Jamaica tomorrow night? Like, what's your thoughts? What do you think? Um, I'm sad I'm not in Jamaica. Uh, it's the first time be there. Um, my wife, uh, Mrs. Doing Work, has had uh, had a couple procedures, and she's not able to fly. And she actually didn't even go with me to Cincinnati. Um, you know, if we were going to drive up, she was going to she would every thirty minutes she'd have to get out of the car and walk for twenty minutes. I'm like, you're telling me the drive to Cincinnati is going to take three hours? <laughs> so um, she decided not to go, which was, you know it ended up being fine. Um, but she very much wanted me to go to Jamaica and she kept harping on me. And I'm like, why are you keep bothering me about going to Jamaica? I'm not going to go. It's fine. She goes, because the winter's going to hit. Keep in mind, I went 18 months without wearing pants. Very recently <laughs> when I was in Hawaii. So, um, and so she's like, well, I know you're going to get, you know, come the winter, you're not going to be happy and you're going to get, she's like, so I want you to go to Jamaica and get out in the sun. I'm like, bless your heart. I married maybe the best, you know, she gets me, she gets me. Um, but you know, I, I just, we, I just didn't want to do it. Or, but, um, but I think only 5,000 fans are going to be in the stadium. Uh, probably about 50 us fans that I know of that are there. Uh, you know, Jamaica was, I, you know, a lot of people thought Jamaica would be the fourth team out of CONCACAF. You know, they thought it was going to be the, you know, us, Mexico, Canada, and then Jamaica was probably going to be the fourth team. They've done a lot of recruiting dual nationals the last couple of years. Uh, you've got our guy, Speedy Williams, who is an everyday starter for them, a real good anchor in the middle of that field. Um, and they recorded, recruited guys that play in the championship, play in the Premier League over in England. Um, it, just so you know, the English, Premier, uh, the English national team at one point had five players eligible for Jamaica. So they have, they have a lot, you know, uh, Deli Ali. Is, he's got some relatives from Jamaica. So they've got a rich background of dual nationals. They could go out and recruit, and they did that. Um, I don't know the full story, but maybe they haven't lived up to the promises that they promised these guys. So they've been opting out of going and opting out of going, but they have a pretty decent squad this time around. Um, you know, a loss on the road in Jamaica is not the end of the world. A tie is a big deal. And if we get three points and we get six out of this window, that is huge. We are on cruise control. So, um, you know, you, the rule in CONCACAF, if you guys haven't heard this before, where here's how you qualify for a World Cup if, you, if you're coming, if you're the U.S. You win at home, you steal points on the road. Right? So we have done that, and we've done a little better than expectations when you average it out. So we are well on our way. A loss against Jamaica, the naysayers will come out, no bitch and moan. It's not the end of the world. A tie is great. Uh, a, a win is phenomenal. So I expect to see a really full strength squad. Um, you know, I don't think it'll be all the same 11 players, but I definitely expect a pretty aggressive squad to come out. I think they're going to go for the win. Uh, Jamaica is very much underperformed. It's not the end of the world. If we don't win, it's not the end of the world. If we lose and if we, if we win, it should be celebrated as a really, really, really important victory. Excellent. Well, I, I look forward to watching the match tomorrow and, uh, 
I, I really appreciate all your insights on the USA team and everything going on with the with the different matches. We we should move on to the NWSL final, which will be happening on Saturday in Lynn's Family Stadium. Anybody yeah, gonna be at that match? I can I can do this all day, by the way. I can talk US soccer all day. <laughs> I can do it all day long. Uh, no, yeah, I'll be there uh, for sure. Um no, wait. In Tampa? No, I can't go. No, uh, NWSL, you'll be here, right? At Lynn Family Stadium? Yes. Is that what we're talking about? Sorry, I got yeah, to Yeah, NWSL. I like to talk so much, I don't always listen to other people. <laughs> it's all good. Um, yeah, I'll be there. I, we actually, uh, we got news of this. <laughs> I think it was in Columbus. Uh, we got news of this happening, and so I've got a couple of my AO family from around the country that are coming in town. Um, so, you know, we're really excited about it, and it's going to be the our uh, Chicago and... Washington, Washington. Spirit. And the so- and Spirit. Yep, Washington Spirit was defeated uh, OL Reign yesterday, two to one. Uh, they got a really nice chip goal in the end to to win that they, over the keeper, and then Chicago defeated Portland two nothing. Um, not play very well at all. It didn't seem like. Well, I don't know no. what's happening. Apparently, something's going on with all that. But Chicago Red Stars kick off at noon. Festivities start Friday night, right? I hear there's a a, a fun party in Butchertown. Um, I don't, you know, I don't, we, I think we're double booked on Friday <laughs> and I've got people dry, flying in. So I don't know if I'll be downtown on Friday, but that'll be fun. Um, uh, but yeah, you know, Saturday kickoff will be great. Um, you know, and we'll, we'll, we're, we're taking, we're taking the kids. So that, that moots a little bit of it, but as long as they've got my bourbon slushies, you know, oh, I'm yeah. pretty, Hey, listen, I got a bourbon slushie on Saturday. I sacrificed for the team. <laughs> because I did not want to not I didn't want to lose and me not get one of those damn bourbon slushies. So uh, I'm getting I'll have one on Sunday or Saturday. We'll see if I regret it. Um, the good news is is nobody's getting them and they also stay <laughs> frozen for a really long time. <laughs> we appreciate you making that sacrifice for us. You know, I, I'm a team player. I've always been a team player, and I you know I'm looking out for everybody else. I, I'm willing to do that. Um, so yeah, you know, I'll be candid. I haven't been a great. Uh, I'd be honest. With you, I haven't been a great Louisville City fan. I haven't been a great, great racing fan. It's been hectic here for, for us here at the Davis household. But uh, yeah, it's, it, what a great opportunity! It's fun to watch games, and it you know sometimes it's a treat to just watch a good game and not have a routine and an interest, and just be able to kick back and just say, just go play some fun ball, and let's just roll the ball out, have some fun, and let's see a high intensity. Let's see him go at it, and lots of good fouls, and let's see a yellow card or two. Let's see people get angry. Uh, and, um, you know, let's see what happens without me being emotionally invested into the game because there, there's a value to that. There sure is. So do you guys have a team, you know, that you, you like better than another? Is there anybody who's been watching throughout the season who thinks that, you know, Chicago or Washington is going to take the match? Is Any thoughts? Um, Washington's got, um, what's Trendy her name? Just forward. Uh, Trendy Rodman. Yeah, Rodman's been great, obviously. I mean, I think Emily Fox is fantastic. Um, uh, and, you know, and I think in a normal season, it'd be easy to say Emily Fox is the best best rookie of the year. But there's a conversation between the two of them. Who's better? I don't know the answer to that. Uh, it's probably a popularity contest at this point, but that's how good Rodman's been. Um, I thought for large stretches, Emily Fox was our best player, and she's uh, amazing. And I think it was great to see her have two great, uh, starts um, with the women's national team as well. So I don't have a rooting interest. You know, I'm hoping I run into Dennis. Hopefully he's at the game. Um, there's a there's a club downtown I suspect he'll be at. 
on uh, on Saturday night. Might be worth trying to check him out at a couple places. But uh, no, I I, you know, I don't have a rooting interest anywhere. I just you know, Julie Arch has been one of my favorite U.S. players, so it'd be fun to see her play because uh, I don't think she played in the last couple of Chicago games. But um, I just, yeah, yeah, I want to see a, I want to see a good rough aggressive game and i want to see i want to see a few goals and i want to see two teams really going at it and you know trying to win um and i think you know it's fun on a neutral site uh they're both you know basically the same time zone so there's no oh we flew in from the west coast or we had to do this or that and any of that stuff um you know i i you know i just want everybody to have fun that's what i want to say right there i want everybody to have a good time me included and it should be better on attendance because you have a team that's coming that's what eight hours away, and one is coming from five hours away. So that should help with the attendance. Yeah, and I think that's going to be nice. You can drive in and, and enjoy Louisville. And like I said, there's going to be a, a party. I think at Butchertown Market Friday night. Uh, some food trucks and everything, so you can go out Friday night and have a good time and, and start bands. the celebration. Live bands, start the celebration yeah. early, and then come out to the the stadium. Obviously, if you're not, you know, making that other trip that we're going to get to eventually, but uh, you know, if you're going to be here in town, you need something to do or you know, entertain the kids. Go out and check out the match. It should be a good time. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's great. I think it's a great opportunity. Go for it. it. Should be. I mean, as soon as it came out, I have plenty of friends who have no rooting interest anywhere. They're like, yep, I'll be there. Let's do it. Like, all right, cool. Let's go. Let's go. It'll be fun. So I know some people from Cincinnati are driving down the same kind of situation, and they're like, ah, it's an opportunity to go to Lynn. It's an opportunity to go catch the game. And again, watch a game without there's there's a value to watching sports without having a rooting interest. Believe it or not, it's fun to do every once in a while. I I ended up watching NWSL matches all day Sunday. Obviously, I watched the two championship matches leading up to this, and uh, they're great games, fun to watch. I, it's exciting brand of soccer, and I, I enjoyed it a lot. So, and I didn't have to be stressed out that one of the teams might lose. Which 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 what are Glenn's picks? Oh, I would say that uh, I'm going to root for Chicago just because I thought they looked really good and they looked dangerous and manage of every opportunity they had to score. So I'm going to go with them and, and see what happens. Plus, I mean, their kits are the best, I think. But second to Who was Chicago. Chicago's, yeah, that blue kit is fantastic. With the yeah. skyline, or not the skyline, the, that's, that's, I mean, NWSL, let's take a second to talk about it. NWSL's kits were absolutely amazing this year. Yeah. Um, true story, I have a Portland Thorn kit from last year, the black with the roses on it. Because mm-hmm. I didn't we weren't we have a team then, so you know, say me I have a Tampa Bay jersey somewhere, right? The the purple I'm not wearing it. But um <laughs> those kits are those kits are fantastic. And then you know and racing rolls out an amazing kit and a very, very good kit. And then all these other teams just roll out these gorgeous jerseys it was amazing you said amazing and good like i can't even tell which one would be the amazing and which would be the good because i think they're both like a phenomenal i mean i love them both i i tend i'm gonna be honest with you guys i tend to wear the white one a little bit more than the dark with all the lilies on it and the the butterflies because i'm a a, you know a little more subdued (laughs) (laughs) i just like i think if it fits better and it looks a little nicer. I just like the way it looks personally. But I mean, they're both gorgeous kits. Like it's some of the best kits I think I've ever seen. Uh, I think the lily. I, I personally think the lilies is amazing. Uh, the little details with like the little butterflies and things and that. Um, I think the lily jersey is 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 gorgeous and it's it's damn near perfect. Uh, 
Um, I think the white's really nice. I'm not downing the white, but I don't, it's not on the same level as the lilies. And that's okay, right? You can't do, because my pocketbook can't afford you to have <laughs> great jerseys, home, away, a third kit, a warm up. I mean, it's, you know, with if you're going to keep rolling out these good kits, and Louisville City does the same thing, Louisville City's kits consistently are absolutely fantastic it's expensive and i'm i the team the trip to the team store every couple weeks is really it's hurting a lot i got they got to stop it at some point i need these guys to roll out something some garbage and so i don't feel like obligated wait have you started getting the names on the back of them now too because you can get the name on the back of your kit when you purchase it now too at the team store so yeah i did um so i don't have any i don't have any name on the back of my men's jersey i also got uh, an, an XL and, uh, I put on a little weight and it doesn't fit me the way I want it to. So I'm not wearing it right now. Uh, I love the purple and white, uh, they're not hoops. Uh, whatever. <laughs> uh, Patrick Blanton yelled at me once about this, not hoops. Uh, but the, I think the purple and white's really nice. Um, uh, I love the one they're wearing right now, the playoffs, the dark. Um, but I put Fox's name on the back of the, uh, when I finally got a hold of my my Lily jersey, I'm like, she's a no brainer. She's fantastic. Mm-hmm. I was uh, racing Louisville stuff before they had the machine to press the names on them. As soon as they released the kits, I ordered them both because I had been drinking and we were sitting at that uh, first uh, match, <laughs> and I was like, I'm going to order them both. I want them both. I was eventually going to buy them both anyways. I figured once and get them sent to me. And but I do PDP. Uh, Lucid well, that I'm take, been, I've, I've been wearing. So I've been down the team store, they'll put it on there for you. Yeah. So you can actually take the jersey you've purchased down, and they'll put the name back on the on the back of it. I don't I'd, be willing, I, I, I'd be willing to bet. Now we're on a podcast, and there's probably tens of people listening to this. So if I'm wrong, you know, fine. But I'd be willing <laughs> to bet if you walked in and said, "I will give you money if you put a name on the back of this jersey." They'll do it for you. Yeah. Try doing it without the offer of money first and just see. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but then if you have to negotiate, go from there. Yeah. I, but I, that's all you're doing is you're paying a fee to put a, a number on. I, you, I, I would 100% do it. 100%. I wouldn't I, think. I'm going to have to take them both down then and get some get some names on the back of mine. So I mean, unless you want to, you know, like I said, walking into that store is like an, an immediate $100 for me. So maybe instead you call them ahead of time. Just tonight. <laughs> yeah, that's. <laughs> But just you know, but you know, you 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 know your own self control as much as I do, or better than I. Do. <laughs> yeah, I'm walking out with a hundred dollars worth of stuff too. So yeah, easy. It's easy. it's an, it's easy to do, and I get mad every time. I listen to Brad an evil little text every time. Like, there we go. You're welcome. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> so so now we should probably get to the now that we know that the championship match is going to be Saturday noon. Make sure you get to Lynn Family Stadium. Get your seats early. And uh, enjoy the game. We should probably get to the, the USL playoffs. There are a few matches this weekend, right? Oh, yeah. Great. Game. Yeah, it was a good game Saturday night. So so there were several good games Saturday night. Yeah. So well, I guess we'll start with uh, with the other game in the East. You had Tampa Bay defeating Birmingham 1-0. Um, what would you guys think about that? Birmingham, you only had one job to do. <laughs> one job. And you had a bye week. Do you think that helped or hurt? I, I, they should have been way arrested. Tampa had to play. I thought it was a well, really Tampa, well. Tampa stomped somebody the first week. Who did they beat up on? Uh, that was uh, Tulsa. Poor, that was poor yeah. Memphis, I think. No, okay. Memphis got beat by Charlotte. Yeah. Oh. 
Tulsa got oh, no, beat up. It was Tulsa. That, yeah. yeah, it was Tulsa. They beat them like stepkids. So, so, you know, a little bit of hope from this game. So, Tampa looked like they're beatable to me. Like, they look like, I mean, Birmingham, obviously second-place team in our, our division, played them pretty well, I thought, and held them to one goal. And I, I feel like, to me, Tampa didn't look like they were probably early in the season where they were beating everybody up and, and, and seemed like they were it seems like they maybe there's some maybe there's an opening for us and maybe we can uh go down there uh and do what we do Seven for us but we'll get to that eventually but yeah. i don't know i didn't i wasn't overly impressed with tampa's performance how about that no i think they are definitely different from the beginning of the season that brick wall they had at the of the back line is not the same so they are vulnerable you just have to make sure you, you keep them on the, the right foot and just keep throwing punches at them. Eventually, they're going to crack. I mean, you can guarantee that if they had, do have a weakness, Danny and the rest of the coaching staff is going to find it. Yeah, for sure. They've been good about that. So just for those keeping track at home for the pick em, uh Glenn, that one correctly. The only one who didn't get that one was Matt. Sorry, Matt. Yeah. Plus, <laughs> I mean... You look at what well, we're getting to that the eye game, and then I'll I give you a comparison of that. <laughs> so I was going to go through all the other games and get to our, because our game is the main event, right? So we can go through everybody else. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we had a couple matches in the West. I did not get a chance to watch the uh, San Antonio Rio Grande Valley match, a 3-1 defeat for, or victory for San Antonio. Um, I, I only got to watch the highlights, so I, I couldn't tell you exactly what happened in the match, except for San Antonio won. Yeah, I watched a little definitely. bit of it, but I don't. I honestly don't remember anything that I took away from it. Like it wasn't that exciting of a game, at no, least not I, from what I, I watched. I was it. actually kind of disappointed because I'm like, RVG played Phoenix a lot tougher than what they did San Antonio. I think going to pins and that extra time really took a lot out of them. So they just didn't. They wasn't up for the task. I mean, it looked like from the statistics on the of, of the game, it looked like the San Antonio allowed Rio Grande to possess the ball and then took advantage of the 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 times they did possess the ball. So just let them wear themselves out, probably. Yep. So you got San Antonio moving on in the West, and then uh, you had another match out there. Orange County played Oakland. And that game went on for what felt like forever. I did end up falling asleep before penalties. I watched most of that match. <laughs> Tariq Moore, I did come in uh, near the end of the game there, and he actually did convert his penalty. So, Yeah, he was first up. Yep. So uh, it, I thought it was a pretty evenly played match. I played a lot through the midfield, and it seemed like nobody wanted to give up the goal, right? Like right. It was a very uh, defensive-minded game. Uh, I didn't find it all that exciting. Obviously, I didn't make it to the end when, when the exciting part did happen. But Orange County did win six to five on penalties, so they'll advance. So you got yeah. San Antonio, Orange that County. Penalty, that penalty was, uh, ooh, that was kind of strange because it got to the last one. He blocked the original last penalty, but mm, he jumped off the line early, so they had to retake it. Really? Yeah, the keeper came off the line early, and the ref raised the flag, so he blocked it, 
But then the ref was like, no, you came out the line early, so they made him retake it, and he converted, and that was it. Wow. So he converted a penalty on a retake that was a save. Right. For them to move on. For them to move on. Cheaters never prosper, people. Cheaters <laughs> never prosper. There are rules in place whether we agree with them or not. Stay on your damn line, keepers. <laughs> yep. <laughs> he, he wishing he had that one back. If he would have just stayed on this line, he'd have been good. Yeah, so now we, uh, we're going to get to the main event. Something happened Saturday night. Pretty amazing. I mean... Another game that went to penalties. I mean, it went to a penalty, not <laughs> oh, penalties. Penalties. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, one nothing Lou City victory. Cameron Lancaster penalty in the 89th minute. Right. Right. Be- defeating Charlotte more. and uh, ending their playoff run, which I think that that was... Uh, they, they had their first playoff win, right, of the team's existence yes. this season. So that's what they were saying. And, and, less, and, and like Miami, who we sent home the week before, Charlotte stacked their team. They had a couple of MLS loanies from their MLS team on there. Some of them came from the Premier League and all that. And they were actually picked to be the best team in the league, even over Tampa, because of the talent they had, but, I mean, hey, we've been giant killers before. Where's my sad trumpet uh, sound effect? Well, they so they announced a lot, and again, I, I'm not I'm not up on the other teams, that's why I was very quiet, uh, and they put on the score, they put on the scoreboard, their starting lineup, and it said Christian Fuchs. <laughs> and uh, I said, there's no way, and then I sat around for a minute, I sipped on my chili bourbon, and I'm like, there's no way, and I looked on my phone, he won the title of Leicester City. This is the yep. guy that's played in the this, and he's only thirty five, relatively speaking. I'm like, what the hell is he doing playing in the USL? Uh, uh, so I, I I didn't realize that they they brought down some of their uh, MLS players because I'm looking at this and I'm sitting next to my buddy and I'm like, what is going on here? This guy this guy is not eight years removed from winning the uh, Premier League uh, at Leicester. I'm like, and now he's playing in the USL against us. What on earth? So, I feel a little bit better now that you're telling you're telling me that. Yeah, yeah they, so, they were long like players said. from the MLS side to stack the team to try to win the USL title. So that's why they were picked. It's like, you know, you got Premier League players and MLS players out there, but hey, you know, we had a secret, never secret weapon. We had our <laughs> own European player, Jogo. Well, you know, there is there is a precedent for this. I mean, everybody forgets that there's there's the great story from our original USL franchise. Uh, one of the defining moments is Dom Dwyer coming back from Kansas City to go playing in Orlando's USL squad to help them in the playoffs. So I know we didn't care about this franchise back then, but that's technically our USL franchise. So be a little careful. But, no, I get what you're saying. It's like, come on, man. Well, you know. Yeah, so what are you going to do? I thought it was a fairly physical match. Like, they definitely played very hard. I mean, Martinez always plays tough against us. There were a lot of very hard fouls, I thought. I also felt in the beginning of the match, it seemed like the calls were very lopsided against us, but it out as the match went on, it felt like. Mm -hmm. Yeah, early on, it felt, it definitely felt lopsided. It felt really, really lopsided, and... It felt inconsistent, and again, I, 
I try not to be biased. Like I try to be open-minded and you're surrounded by all these people that are like yelling for red cards. I'm like, that's not even a foul guys. Cool. <laughs> so, um, um, no, I, I, I thought, I thought early on, it felt that way. And our players started to get a little frustrated. Um, and you know, as we were talking about in our seats, uh, my friends like, you know, you know, do you think they're going to lose their composure? I said, no, cause this is a veteran squad. These guys have, Almost every one of these guys has been through this before, and they just kept grinding. And Danny made some some adjustments um, to how we were playing, but they just continually kept grinding away. Um, and we, you know, we didn't fall for the trap of trying to play the ball through the middle of the pitch. Uh, when we did that, things didn't go well. So, you know, those, we, we just kept it on the wings, kept it on the wings. And eventually, you know, you get, you get Jogo isolated on a guy and, and, uh, you know, let his youth and talent take over. That's what we were trying to do with him. And that's what we're trying to do with Owen beyond the other wing mm-hmm. is, and, you know, like, you know, so they were, they were trying some different things, but it was all about keeping the ball on the outside and attacking those defenders one-on-one in space. And eventually it paid off and, you know, and Cameron blasted the ball in the back of the net. And I don't think there's a goalie in the world that saves the damn thing. Um, Pack went the right way as well. He went the right direction, just couldn't get there. Yeah. So far. Yeah, he put it at the end. Yeah. If the penalty's taken properly, and then properly's not easy Objective. to do, right? Nerves and stuff. But if the penalty's taken properly, it's a goal. It should be a goal every time. If the penalty's taken properly, even the keeper guesses right, it should be, a, it should, it should always be a goal, but you know, nerves get in the way. People miss hit the ball and you know, you've seen the best in the world miss penalties. So mm-hmm. it happens, but uh, you know, cams cams built a little different. I would be that would be the nice way to put it. That guy's got ice water in his veins. Like he, he does not nothing. Ra- he doesn't even seem rattled. Like the keeper is definitely trying to get him off his game. And cam didn't even seem to notice that that guy was there. Like from where we were and watching the replays, like cam just seemed very cool and collected, held the ball get drawn into any of that and yeah buried that right because one of their players even got a yellow card at that moment for trying to you know intimidate him uh that was their that was their goalie keeper yeah pat got the yellow oh really so fun story in this over the summer we had a couple penalty involvements with mexico and or it was a qatar and there's a story about kellen acosta walking up and he would just walk up to these guys stand right in front of him because there's all kinds of chaos going on. Everybody's complaining and the ref. And so he'd stand in front of him. And then he told, he told uh, Guardado, I think the Mexican player before they took the penalty of the nation's league that he missed or that Horvath saved and said, what are you even doing out here? Why are you wearing the number 10? You're, you're a traffic cone. You're, why are you even out? (laughs) And so he, he would go up and he talked, I think he talked his way into three, different penalty misses for the U.S. over the course of the summer. So I was reminded of that as their keeper went out and was trying to mess with Cam. But again, Cam's just built different, man. He's just a he's a different kind of dude. Uh, what are your all's concerns going into the game, I guess? I mean, that, that's probably the next question is coming up. I mean, after playing Charlotte and looking at the talent they have, I really don't have any because – Honestly, Charlotte was stacked more than Tampa Bay was. Man, Tampa's got a pretty decent lineup, though. They're pretty loaded there from top to bottom. Like, they have Lasso still in the back. I mean, and they have Gonzalez yeah, and Tejada. Since he got hurt early in the season. He's still a really great defender, though. I feel like it's he's still going to be a difficult 
it's going to be difficult to go through him, right? Like, I mean, he matches up pretty well with Cam. And I think, didn't he last year on the team when they came to playoffs? He held us in check, right? Like, yeah, they played really we well. We're going to a secret weapon this time. We're going to take some FC Cincinnati jerseys. <laughs> <laughs> Is that my, his kryptonite? That's yeah. his kryptonite. Well, <laughs> my, my concern is on those because we're, we're going to give up a couple playing out of the back as much as we do. There's going to be a misplaced pass. There's going to be a bad giveaway. And, you know, Hubbard's done a great job of snuffing those out and the guys have gotten back. You can only do that a couple times and eventually you get, you, you pay for it. You know, is that going to be the problem? Because that's how Charlotte played us. And they were, you know, they just couldn't take advantage a couple times of those breakaways is, you know, is and those moments that are going to be there. And, and keep in mind, Tampa's playing at home, so they're going to press even more than they normally would. Mm-hmm. I but feel like I it's just, a tough matchup. I mean, you're at the – this is the Eastern Con- Conference final. You're in the final for a reason, right? It's not because yep. you're the uh, – <laughs> you're a pushover. You're going to be – it's going to be a difficult game. Right. You have the two best teams in the East, the way it yep. should be. So, I mean – it's not going to be a, a lay down. I don't think they're going to run over us. So I think it's going to end up probably being another 1-0 game. But uh, we'll see. Do, do you feel like we've been less – I feel like these past few match, matches we've been less sloppy out of the back. Like we haven't had as many lapses. I have felt. Yeah. yeah very I mean, we still have focused. some, but it feels like it's been a little bit better than it has been. Yeah. How do you feel about that, Brian? Late goal. Uh, you know, I think you know, part of that's playing at home, right? Other teams, when you're when you're in a must-win game, a one-off game, by nature, road teams don't press as much, right? And so, if you stay more compact, you're less likely to get punished for those giveaways. So the question is, is if you're playing on the road now, unlike the rest of the playoffs, and I'm not saying this is going to happen. I'm just saying this is my concern. Tampa's going to press more than we've seen from these other teams. How do we handle that press? Can we can we break their lines? Can we get Cameron space to have that ma- that moment of magic? You know, in Charlotte, because that, that's how Charlotte played. We had, what, probably four shots on goal def- that were blocked by their defenders before they even got to the goalie. Mm-hmm. So that's, you know, but that's what happens when you play on the road, right? You, you, you play more compact, you play more defensive, and you tend to play on the counter. Um I don't think we play on the counter. You know, we're not going to park the bus Mourinho style, but by nature, Tampa is going to be able to pressing and be higher up the pitch. And that means more opportunities for us to give it away. It also means, you know, it's risk and reward. We may have some more opportunities for own and Gonzalez and Oscar and Jogo to get their opportunities on the outside to, to, to give Cam great service. So, you know, I'd be careful if I was Tampa, but at the same time, if you're the home team, you're going for it. You're not, you know, home teams don't park the bus. That's not how this game works. Unless you were the Riverhounds. Well, yeah, they, they park the bus everywhere. So they park the bus, you know, they, they don't even get off the bus sometimes. <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, if, you're, if you're a high-scoring team like Tampa, you're not you're not playing. You're playing at home. You're going to roll out a lineup to win the game. Yeah. Uh, and we're going to do the same thing. So it could be and it should be a heck of a game. It should be exciting and, you know. Last year, I was pretty disappointed. I thought we outplayed them in stretches of that game, and you know they took advantage of scoring opportunities. We didn't. It was that simple last year. 
Um, they had a they had a fluke goal, if I remember right, kind of a deflection, if I'm remembering this correctly. Yeah. But you know, we we went at them, and um, you know, I think I think we had opportunities there that they took advantage. We didn't. It was that simple. That's why we didn't go. That's why we didn't go to the championship game last year. So. I feel like our first playoff match was in Birmingham, and I thought we played fairly well on the road. Now, granted, Birmingham, obviously not Tampa, but I thought we played fairly well. We we did have a few issues, but I felt like it was the turning point where we played a little bit more solid defensively. It felt like. But I'm also not a, a great soccer mind. I, I'm a very mediocre soccer mind, so. <laughs> no, no, you know, yeah, and you may be spot on. I'm just... Just watching the last two playoff games, that was my kind of takeaway is that we get, just got to be, you got to be careful. And, it's, you know, we've cleaned it up. Uh, but, you know, that's always a concern when you like to play possession soccer. Uh, there's going to be points where you make a bad pass, right? It's, it's at any level. It doesn't matter who you are. You're going to make a bad pass, you know. And so uh, it's going to happen. And it's how quickly can you get back? How quickly can you get composed again? Um, and you know, and it's going to, you know, it, it, sometimes, you know, the keeper's got to make a couple good saves at any level. If you play this possession game, the keeper has to have a couple moments to shine. It doesn't matter if you're Bayern Munich or Barcelona, your Louisville city or whoever you're, the keeper has to shine. And Hubbard's been great. He had, he's had some great saves and been really good. I thought. Yeah. So I guess that leads us to our pick them, right? We got to pick the teams. I mean, I feel like everybody's going to go with City, right? Is that a no-brainer here? Oh or? yeah, no-brainer. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm going to get a, I'm going to get a slushy to go to drink it at uh, home on Friday night, Saturday night. No, uh, yeah, I mean, I think I think I I I wouldn't I wouldn't bet against this. And and Matt Owens had a previous engagement. Uh, but he uh, he also picked City, so everyone he's on the record for that. Their game out west, uh, we've got San Antonio. Who do you got? I'll San Antonio all day. I think yeah, it's going to be the matchup that we have been, they have been wanting, and we have been wanting since San Antonio was announced. Is the yeah. Louisville City San Antonio clash? Yeah, I think it's, it's going to happen final. this year. All right, sure. Brian. What do you what do you got? You going to San Antonio too? <laughs> I mean, how can I argue with Herman's logic? That's absolutely the way this this game works. It's great. It's a scripted. It's a scripted show. Let's go for it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I got to make up. I got to make up points on Patrick and Herman, so I got to go with Orange County. So, <laughs> yeah. And uh, and Matt also went with Orange County as well. So, I mean, but that's going to also be a good game. And because I mean, you have two two great teams. San Antonio has definitely come into their own in this this last stretch, and I think they're playing at home, so I think that's going to be a big factor into it, also. So you're giving the advantage to the home team. Yeah, in that game. In that game. <laughs> <laughs> well, we should. Speaking of an advantage, uh, we, we should mention, you know. Louisville City is offering, you know, a bus trip and uh, or a plane trip to Tampa to see City play in Al Lang. So, if you, you, if and they're, yeah, they're take, covering your tickets as well. So, if you got nothing going on this weekend and you can escape for a little while, a few days, be sure to check it out. Uh, it's for people who have renewed their season tickets for 2022, I believe. Well, yes. I can tell you for an update. 
the plane is booked. They had a hundred and some tickets reserved on the plane. That went away within like an hour. Those were taken. So the only thing left, I think they have only a few seats left on the buses. So act fast. So, I mean, it's we, we're taking a lot of fans down there. We plan on balancing it out and making just as much noise as Tampa. And Patrick, you may remember, that's one of my favorite away trips. Remember that. Tampa's a good time. The stadium uh, is in St. Pete. It's right outside a really great bar restaurant district. If you can go, go. It'll be a treat. You'll have a great time down there. Um, now, I sat in the Tampa supporter section, so I don't necessarily advise that. But uh, <laughs> go and have a great time. It's a fun time. It'll be warmer there than it is here. That's for damn sure. <laughs> so if you can make it work, you ought to go because it's a, it's, a, it's a nice place. It's a good time to go down to. And it's, it'll, be a, it'll be a great trip. So away games are always fun. You should definitely go. Yeah, I thought so you were going to say that. Do Chicago you game. Man, we check out for pregame. There's a lot. Um, uh, I did postgame. We went to a cigar bar down there. I don't remember the name of the bars, but I mean, there is a. You can start a mile away from the stadium and just work your way through. There's uh, brew houses. There's uh, oh, what's the uh, the the chain that does the German? Uh, there's a Hoffer House down there. Um, uh, right across the street from the Hoffer House is a great. You know, I'm assuming these places are still open. This, you know, this is pre-COVID. Um, they had a place that had um, uh, uh, corn or not corn, uh, beer pong, but with full-size trash cans. They had video games all inside. So, you know, me being a big really kid, easy. fun. So, um, go, just go. And what we did is we started on one end of the, we started on one end and just worked our way down to where we got to Al Lang right around kickoff, and we had an absolute blast. So, um. I cannot recommend going enough if you can, if you have the means and you have the time, do yourself a favor and go. I mean, the transportation is free. All you got to do is pay for the room. Right. Right. The room and your meals. Yeah. So. You mean your beer, right? Yeah. It, it, it beer. <laughs> Liquid diet. Liquid right. diet. We can. You don't need to eat while you're there. All right. yep. I've, I've already booked my flights. I'll definitely be getting out there Friday night, planning on spending all day. Saturday afternoon, getting ready for the game, pre-gaming, and go in there and let's get that W. There's a lot of fun stuff to do, too. There's a nice zoo there. It's, uh, Bush Gardens is nearby. Like, there's a lot of fun yeah. stuff to do around the Tampa area. So there's a lot of things to check out and have a good time. Explore the city if you have a chance. Right. Yep. There's also a uh, – there used to be a uh, – there used to be a boat, uh, a ferry that would pick you up in Tampa and take you over to St. Pete. So don't take my word for that that's still there. Uh, downtown Tampa is great. Tampa has the most um, gentlemen clubs per capita of any city <laughs> in the country. A friend told me that. I, Patrick told me that. I, <laughs> petty be, petty be not petty. Uh, so uh, if that's your thing, but uh, and then there's like I said, we we would you know you take a ferry over. They had a ferry that would go from Tampa to St. Pete. So don't take my word for that. Check on that. But um, regardless, it's a it's a it's a great time. It's a, it's a really good city, and it's you know, f- Florida. This compared to what the weather is going to be like here tonight. So, if you get to Florida, go go south. It's going to be a lot of us. I'm saying it's probably going to be at least 200 plus, if not more, of us. That'll be great. So. Are they uh, letting y'all take drums? 
Uh, we're checking on that about drums and flags. We plan on trying to take the whole gauntlet. We can. Heck yeah. <laughs> Heck yeah. Pack every barrel you can in that bus. Right. <laughs> Does it that first year when they took the barrel to uh, St. Louis and the bungee snapped and it cut him and he's got like a scar on his face from where the bungee snapped when he's trying to put it underneath the bus because they thought they'd bring a, a barrel drum with them to St. Louis that first season. Not surprised. Yeah, I, that's not travel. Those aren't travel drums. No, no, and it, no, rolled, not it rolled under the bus like the <laughs> whole way back. So every time we yeah. get a curve, you hear like, oh, we know what that is. I will say I've been on a couple of the the bus trips, and they've always been a good time. I went to the Indy Eleven bus trip for the uh, the Open Cup when Indy Eleven was what that NASL I think back then, right? Right. And we went and played there. That was a great bus trip. I did the Chicago bus. Trip. A lot of fun. So, you know, if you have the free time to do it, get make some new friends, have a good time. Someone else's drive, and, you know, have a few beers, have a few cocktails. You got worried about driving home. There you go. Plenty of times over. Indy 11 and and other news, rumored is they're going to be getting the coach from El Paso. Ooh. I'm pretty excited. I've noticed there's a lot of coaches moving around this season. Is there something to that, or is there a reason why that's happening? I don't know, but it's a lot of coach news came out today, and Miami let their coach go. Yeah. Hmm. Saw that as well. So it's, it's. It's going to be a weird season, and it's being shook, shaken up already, so I guess we'll see. What do they call that, the silly season, right? Right, silly season. Yep. And I got to oh. say, it's going to be even more interesting next year because you're going to have Detroit also joining the league and being in the Central. Boy, how exciting was that news, right? Oh, that yeah, was, that I'm excited for. That was good. That's a road trip we're taking right there. That'll be a good time. Okay. Are they still going to play in the same place, or are they going to have to move into a larger stadium? What are the rules no. there? Same place. They're just going to be doing some remodeling. That's a pretty new stadium that they have. Yep, they just have to. Or at least uh, they've redone it over the years. So, yeah, that's exciting. I, that's good. You know, I, I think that might drive Chattanooga to joining. Uh, the Chad, you know, Chattanooga was, was has resisted the USL thing, so. I think that would be – I'd love to see that as well. So we'll see how it goes. I'd love to see that, but the only thing is, though, now you have the Red Wolves there. So how are they going to ex- accept having two USL teams in the same city? Now, I'll take the one that was there before, and they can fold the junky one that we just threw in like a year ago. Right. So, <laughs> I, yeah, that would be my plan. So you ask barrel-proof question, or do we not get that going? No, we didn't get that going. We just I blame that on Herman. Too excited. Okay, because people have been Facebook messaging me asking so. <laughs> good. Because apparently they know that I, I'm not very good at Twitter and uh I got a couple questions Facebook message to me. Uh Dwayne wanted to know if uh if if they didn't call that handball if we would have all walked out of the stadium. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah, because we was already ready to get them anyway for the missed <laughs> call on Jogo down there that they didn't call on Martinez. I, th- I felt very, re-watching that, I felt a little fall, and he gets it, catches it with his hand as he's sliding through. He wasn't trying to get it, but he gets it twice. So, I mean, he touched the ball time. twice. Yeah. Yeah. yeah first They're going to call it every time. T- Intent has nothing to do with that. Yeah. Rule. So, yeah. 
he has to, the, the ref has to call that. If they don't call it, that's a travesty. No, the ref knew he wasn't going to make it out of the stadium if he didn't call it. <laughs> What's with them wearing blue anyway? Uh, right. <laughs> they, call, they came to support Charlotte. What's that all about? So what else you guys got? Anything else going on? Anything exciting? No more than looking forward to seeing a lot of people down in Tampa this weekend. Uh, we, that uh, the city is going to be getting showcased a lot more on the world stage. So we have the NWSL championship. And then hopefully the following weekend we'll be on the world stage again and be hosting the USL championship. How cool would that be, having two championships in the same in the city back-to-back? That's that true. sounds amazing. Herman, do we have any Cooper's news? Anything exciting happening? Uh, elections? Anything else like that coming up soon? Uh, yeah, uh, be looking or checking your email. We're going to be sending out the information also if you're interested for running for board positions. So um, let's get those entries out. If you're interested in running for the board, definitely be ready to submit your information and go from there. Awesome. And then how about those memberships? Are we getting close to having so people can uh, renew their memberships for the 2022 season and get those yeah. beautiful scars? We're finalizing that, uh, working on that kind of stuff, and also kind of looking ahead to uh, what will be definitely a really, really fun year of in 2023. Late Herman, I got to ask, you going to let us do a jersey again? Oh, yeah. We're definitely going to be doing a jersey. The, the wheels have already started turning, so we'll talk about that offline sometime. All right. That's a, that's a, a tradition now. We, we got to have the Cooper's jerseys. Yeah. We got some ideas, so I, I got, there's some there's there's some there's some things I'm thinking about. All right, sounds good to me. So everybody, get them wallets ready. There you <laughs> go. More <laughs> shit to buy. <laughs> <laughs> Brad's gonna get upset though if we start start taking money away from the team store. So be careful. I mean, <laughs> we're not right. taking a whole lot, <laughs> but they're getting a good return in 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 off of it also. That you know helps drive more people to the game. Absolutely. Like win, win. Real quick, I just want to thank Brian Davis for coming on tonight and sharing all his insight in the USA team and, and everything else. That's getting to talk to you again, and hopefully uh, we'll hear from you much more regularly these days now that you're back locally and uh, and on the same time uh, as we are. <laughs> right. Time zones, time zones are a thing. So I appreciate you guys having me on. It's been a long time. I, I kind of miss this. I've really enjoyed it. I think you I appreciate you letting me dominate the conversation for like the first, you know, 50 minutes of this thing where I want to talk U.S. soccer, U.S. soccer, U.S. soccer. That's all I want to talk about. So I appreciate that. Hey, anytime no we got to cover it all. There you go. Now we and it have was some actually to be excited about about the U.S. team. <laughs> There's a lot. If you're not excited about the U.S. national team right now, men's national team, well, the women's too. The women are going to have a. They're going to. You're going to start to see a big. I don't want to say a big revamp. But you're going to start to see some new blood get vetted over the next year or so. And Emily Fox is on that list. Um, but if you're not excited about the U.S. Men's National Team, um, then you just you just don't care. You don't have a soul. Let's uh, say If you care about international soccer, like I do, if you're down on the U.S. team because of something that happened four, excuse me, four years ago. Get over it. Let's go. We got this. Their motto right now is only forward. And these uh, this this generation of players is something else. There's some special players. 
Right on. You heard it Excellent. here first. Right? Get out. All Herman. Right. Thank you again, Herman, for joining me. Thank you, Patrick, for taking care of all the editing and uh, pushing all the buttons and making this thing go. I appreciate all your time. And uh, I end this one like I end every other one. Come on, city. Love each and every one of you. Go city. See you guys. Later.